You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Our guest on today's Viva podcast is Dr. John Camisi, and he will be discussing bioactive materials and biomineralization. Dr. Camisi has been in private practice in Ithaca, New York, since 1983. He is a regular speaker on VivaLearning.com, was the founder of Dental Care with a Difference, president and CEO of Sleep Focus Solutions, Incorporated, and an assistant professor at the Medical University of South Carolina, James B. Edwards College of Dental Medicine. Dr. Kamisi, thanks for joining us again on Dental Talk. Um, we're really happy to have you back. Great to be with you again. So another hot topic, bioactive materials. You're really picking them uh, in your podcasts. Uh, <laughs> there's no question about that. We hear about this all the time. And, you know, some of the dentists don't know, are these just um, marketing terms? You know, did they change glass ionomer and some of the remineralization products to bioactive materials and biomineralization? But I guess you'll tell us more about that. But my first question is, what are the challenges with the current composite restorative process? That's a great question. And, and, and all of the statements regarding is it a buzz, is it real, is, is, is a real problem, and it's a real concern because uh, we need to know exactly what's going on. The biggest challenge, as I teach my students here at the Medical University of South Carolina, is that our current materials have a challenge. Um, the National Institute of Health a few years ago uh, released a study indicating that the average replacement of a composite restoration is 5.7 years, uh, which is rather shocking uh, because most of our amalgam restorations lasted at least three or four times longer than that. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of difficulties because our current composite, most of the typical composites that we use out there for, for aesthetic cosmetic dentistry are mostly passive materials. They're, 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 they're fill a hole um, that is created by the cavity itself. Uh, and, and as such, uh, if that filling of the hole is not as exacting as it can be, and every composite restoration has some sort of polymerization shrinkage and some kind of polymerization stress, which can leave some micro gaps that can create voids that can become the highway of bacterial invasion, mm -hmm. secondary decay and failure. Um, so our current materials need to evolve. We need to look at materials that are gonna work with the tooth and actually survive better in the moist and hostile environment of the mouth, which is where bioactive materials have the possibility of doing more. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you mentioned glass ionomers and, and resin-modified glass ionomers. Well, those are actually some of the very first types of bioactive materials used because they elicited a specific biologic response when they interfaced with the tooth structure. They actually formed a union with the tooth that exchanged ions back and forth. Calcium and fluoride ions would transfer back and forth. And they actually worked really well with the water surrounding them as well. Mm -hmm. In fact, glass ionomer becomes more durable as the moisture from the tooth permeates into it over the course of time. But the unfortunate reality is the glass ionomer does start to dissolve externally because of the acidity that may be present in the mouth. 
which is why you'll kind of see glass ionomers kind of cratering out or kind of caving in to itself over the course of time. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the interface between the tooth and the glass ionomer, it's actually still very intimately engaged. Bioleakage around a glass ionomer is not as significant typically, and it is able to recharge with the fluoride when available in the mouth as well, mm-hmm. again, protecting and mineralizing. So GIs, glass ionomers, are, were some of my first love materials when, when we started playing with them in my practice and on the lab bench many years ago. Um, so certainly bioactivity is a, a, a really, it's a real thing. There are certain materials on the market in addition to the glass ionomers, which do have ion release of some degree or another. Uh, Shofu's uh, beautiful products, which are the geomers, they release fluoride and other ions to try to uh, combat this and be more active. Pulp dense activa bioactive materials, they release calcium and phosphates and fluoride, uh, are really lovely to be able to have available for the tooth. Theracal LC by Bisco uh, releases calcium from it to try to help with pulp protection. Biodenting by Again, another wonderful material that is a good dentin substitute that can help with calcium uh, sealing of our uh, deeply involved carious lesions. So these are just the names some. There are so many others out there nowadays. Uh, in fact, uh, PulpDent came out with their uh, Limelight Enhanced, which is a similar type of a thought process as, as Theracal LC. Uh, so n- more, more materials are coming out. Bioactive sealants have been available for a while. Uh, and BioCoat by uh, Premier has just been has just come out. Uh, Embrace varnish from Pulpdent has been available for quite a while as well. So There's even it, glass ionomer uh, bioactive materials and sealants too. Yeah, GC has one of those. Yep, yep. I think, I think GC so. and SDI, uh, right. GC uh, triage and SDI's uh, uh, protect. Mm-hmm. Again, great materials to help work with the tooth structure. Um, now, and that's the you mentioned the cratering of the glass ionomer, and the, those are some of the you know deficiencies as far as acting as a restorative material. But aren't most of the dentists putting the glass ionomer down as like a base, and then putting the stronger composite restorative on top? And they can if they're if they do, that's a great thing. But not everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we forget <laughs> that uh, deep deep lesions and deep resins sometimes are not the best mix for the pulpal tissue and then they get deep problems as far as endodontic need <laughs> to, right. to be taken care of so definitely uh i if if i were to be placing something into the tooth structure nowadays i would be looking at something like uh, an mta or a biodentine or a, a theracal lc or a limelight enhanced to try to protect my pulp before I would restore with the composite. Because even though GI is, is a good material, it's, it may not have as much to give as far as calcium and phosphates as those other materials might. Right. So if I asked you just in a couple of sentences, what would define a bioactive material? So to make sure that our listeners, when they purchase some of these products, it's not a marketing buzzword, but what does the material absolutely have to do to be in the bioactive material category? Well, in in my mind, it needs to have some therapeutic ion release of some type, Uh, albeit fluoride, calcium, or phosphates. Those Those are the mineralization products. If they have all three of those, 
that's your best bet to try to help things out in, in the remineralization process, in my mind. Right. So um, how can current bioactive materials be improved? Uh, some of the bioactive materials could be improved by the delivery systems. Uh, if Septodont were to put its biodentine into a glass ionomer type of delivery capsule, it would be so much easier to use. <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry about mixing the right amount of drops together. When you say a capsule, meaning that it has to be triturated? Yeah, yeah. Because okay. a lot and of dent a lot of dentists don't even have triturators anymore these days. And, and that's that's an unfortunate reality. But the reality is is that if you could mix your material up in an activator situation and then dispense it directly into the tooth, it would be so much better than mixing it up by hand. Right. You get a more thorough mix. So there are offices that still do have or have purchased triturators uh, because of the need to do that. Uh, if you had materials that could be directly injected in in a single syringe that had uh, uh, calcium phosphates and fluoride and then worked very similarly to the composites that we are comfortable working with today, that would make it even better in my mind. So we have some we have some dual barrel gun materials that are out there, the Activa materials, which are really nice. But if they ever put that into a single syringe, I think that would be an incredible winner. So are these are some of these materials packaged in a dual barrel syringe where they mix in the mixing tip? Yes, that's that would be the material of Activa from PulpNet. Okay, and what's and the, what's the difference? from that being in a single syringe versus mixing in the tip? Uh, basically, it would be so much more comfortable, I think, I see. for us to be able to use it. Uh, some people have a difficult time with a gun or a dual barrel syringe trying to place it into the tooth. Most of us are very easy, easier to work with a, a, an actual syringe into the tooth or perhaps even uh, compules. Right. Uh, that's what right. most of us are working with nowadays. So if they were to, if we were to have materials in those kinds of delivery units, it would be an that improvement. Would be that yeah. much, that much easier for us to adopt and use in right. a, in a regular basis. Absolutely. I think we're all spoiled, though, Dr. Camisi. I mean, I remember the days, I remember the days we were mixing zinc phosphate cement uh, on a glass slab. That on had to be on cool. a cold glass slab, right? Yeah, yeah that, that wasn't. That was my day. Yeah, that was. We're on the precipice of a new era in restore in restorative materials, anyway. Yeah. My thinking is that these bioactive type materials are going to become the norm, rather than the exception as we go forward, because. Right. Research is working in that arena. Companies are working in that in that vein with the objective of trying to create better materials for better long-lasting results. And yep. that is definitely on the horizon. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Thanks, Dr. Kamisi, for your input. And uh, we are very happy that you did this podcast, and we know that you'll be doing more in the future. Thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you, too.